Over the, over the next two weeks, we need to uh, talk about the devil, about Satan. Uh, please put, keep your finger in uh, Revelation 12. I'm going to turn back for a moment to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, here the Apostle Paul gives these commands uh, to Christians. Uh, this is, Ephesians 6 gives the, the strategy... Uh, for resisting, for, for fighting the devil. And as we read these verses from Ephesians 6, uh, from verse 10, uh, take note of the references here to the devil uh, and to the evil one. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The Apostle Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, that day is now, between Jesus' ascension and Jesus' return, when that day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Ephesians 6 gives us the strategy for resisting the devil. The devil is real and the Christian life is like being in the boxing ring with the devil. The devil is full of rage. The devil is out to cause havoc. The devil is out to get us. And what to do, uh, and Paul uh, commands uh, believers in Ephesians 6 to put on the full armour of God. This is what to do in life, in the ring, as we go toe-to-toe with the devil. Ephesians 6 gives us the strategy for the fight. Now, Revelation 12, if you'd like to turn back to there now, please. Revelation 12 gives us the perspective for the fight. Ephesians 6 gives us the strategy for the fight. Ephesians 6, uh, Revelation 12 gives us the perspective for the fight. John's vision gives us a sky cam view of the ring. It's quite a disturbing vision uh, of a woman in labour and an enraged dragon. But it's not here to disturb us. It's not here to make us anxious about the future. Remember, Revelation is given to us as a warm pastoral letter. A warm pastoral letter that reveals to us the true Jesus so that we might persevere in trusting him, that we might persevere in obeying him, especially in hard times. And this vision that we have in Revelation 12 shows us three rounds 
in the ring with the devil. Or really three perspectives of the same fight. And each perspective, each round shows the devil on the canvas. Each round is a knockout, a KO. And this vision is given to us so that we might have this perspective to persevere in the fight with the devil. That we might persevere in trusting Jesus and obeying him, especially through hard times when the devil's tactics wear us down. Round one is in verses one to six. The vision here describes a pregnant woman, verses 1 and 2. The woman here represents the people of God, the whole people of God. The reference there to the sun and the moon and the stars point us, to, point us back to Genesis 37 in the Old Testament. Remember Joseph and his 11 brothers, his father Jacob, the father of um, uh, the, 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 who was also known as Israel, the father of uh, the, the Israelites. And Joseph had a dream of his parents being like the sun and the moon and his brothers being like the stars who would bow down to them. The sun, moon and stars that appoint us here to Genesis 37 as the woman represents the people of God. Initially, the Old Testament family of God. And that she is having a baby in this vision reminds us of the Old Testament prophetic expectations of a Messiah who would come from among the people of God. The Messiah whom God would send from among his people would be the one who would rule the nations, the one who would put the world right. We see that in Isaiah 9, we see that in in Psalm 2 and that's echoed here in Revelation chapter 12. But at this moment of birth, what should be a moment of of joy and of great celebration is a moment of great distress because of this dragon in verses 3 and 4. Because the dragon is there in the delivery suite, licking his lips, waiting for the baby to be born so that he might gobble it up. Sounds like something out of... Little Red Riding Hood or something like that. But no, this is even more disturbing than this. Uh, Let's read from verse 4. Revelation 12 verse 4. His tail, the dragon's tail, swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman and was about to give, who was about to give birth, so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And a child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. 1,260 days, that keeps being a reference to this age that we are living in now between Jesus' death, resurrection and ascension and Jesus' return. It's referred to in days. It's also referred to as, as three and a half years or time, times and time and a half, which we'll come across again in a moment. The baby is rescued, snatched up by God to heaven and the woman finds refuge in the wilderness. Here, as the devil, represented by the dragon, is enraged and seeking to attack God's people, 
God provides for his people, rescues them just like he did in the wilderness uh, with Moses and the Israelites when they were rescued out of Egypt, just like he did for Moses at his birth to be rescued from certain death. God provides for his people and rescues them. Now the dragon here is the devil. We find that out in verse 9. In verse 9, the great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. And what we see here in this vision is just what we expect from way back in the Garden of Eden. Uh, In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, after the man and the woman had eaten the fruit that God had told them not to eat, after they had been tempted by the serpent and God placed curse on them and curse on the serpent, on the devil... God speaks these words to the devil, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. This is exactly what we see playing out in this vision in Revelation chapter 12. The devil is out to get the offspring of God's people for his own. Not just Jesus, but every one of us. Every single human that is born is known to the devil. We need not be particularly evil people to come onto the devil's radar. We don't need to be Facebook friends before he notices us. We can't just keep our head down in the world and hope he doesn't notice us. The devil knows every one of us. But the right perspective of God's vision shows us that the devil does not win. That God knows and protects his people. As much as the devil knows every one of us, God knows every one of us and he protects his children. And he deals a knockout blow to the devil in round one. Round two gives us another perspective on the fight from verse 7. This time the devil and his angels are at war in heaven with God's angels. And the result? Well, it's another knockout to the devil. Jesus has the victory and the devil is thrown down to earth in a rage. Let's read again from verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Uh, Michael, he's one of the head angels, and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Now did you notice how the devil is described in these verses and what he does. Verse 9, the devil leads the whole world astray. Verse 10, 
the devil accuses. Verse 11, the devil can cause the death of believers though they hang on to the testimony of Jesus and willingly give up their life, the devil is the cause of that. Verse 12, we see that the devil is full of fury. This is who the devil is and what he does. Uh, The letters to the seven churches that we read in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, to whom the book of Revelation was originally addressed. Christians who were going through hard times in ancient Roman Asia in the first century. The Apostle John was writing to them of this vision to equip and enable them to persevere in trusting and obeying Jesus in these hard times. Well, the devil is behind the hard times that they knew. In the letter specifically addressed to the church in Smyrna, they are warned of the synagogues of Satan that are round about them that, are, that will lead them away from trusting in the true Jesus. And in Jesus' letter to the church in Smyrna, in chapter 2, verse 10, we read, Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you the life, give you life as your victor's crown. You see, the devil is going to cause these believers to suffer for a short time before Jesus returned. But, but as we hear the voice from heaven in Revelation 12, the victory is with the slain lamb. The victory is with Jesus. The victory is with the one who has gone to the cross. The victory is with the one who looked like he was defeated, but he was the one who dealt the knockout blow to the devil. And those who belong to Jesus, those who, who, are, who, who, are, who are drawn to Jesus by his cross, have the victory. So that they need not be afraid of what they suffer. That they might stay faithful to Jesus, even the point of death. Jesus writes directly to the church in Thyatira as well. Thyatira is warned of Satan's so-called deep secrets in chapter 2, verse 24. uh, Satan seeks to deceive and distract people. The devil will try to use the appearance of extra spirituality and superior truth to deceive people. And so John's vision here in Revelation 12 is to give us the right perspective on the devil. For the believers going through hard times in the first century and for us here today. When hardship comes, when we go through suffering, the devil uses that to try and turn us away from Jesus. When false truth comes along, though it might look like it is super spiritual, though it might look like it is superior truth, When false truth comes along, that's the devil dressing it up to make it look superior. His rage and deception means that we need the true and steady perspective of God's word to keep informing informing and strengthening our trust in Jesus. And the victory, that perspective of the victory that belongs to Jesus... 
Well, round three is in verses 13 to 17, and they show us another perspective of what God has done to KO the devil and rescue his people. Verse 13. When the dragon saw that he'd been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time out of the serpent's reach. Again, we see here God rescuing and protecting his people. The eagle's wings remind us of Exodus chapter 19 verse 4 after God had brought his people out of slavery in Egypt. He said, you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. It is then in the desert where God provides for his people, like he did in the Exodus. And here in this vision in Revelation 12, providing for the woman, for all of God's people in this whole period until Jesus returns, God provides for his people. And all the while, the dragon is raging around. Here in this vision, we see that the dragon tries to imitate the abundant life-giving water that Jesus offers. But here the dragon spews out this water of danger and death. Verse 15. Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with a torrent. But again, verse 16, God protects his people. The earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Those who belong to Jesus, those of us here today who are believers, who are Christians, who participated in the Lord's Supper today because we belong to Jesus, those of us who obey God's ways are the ones who experience the devil's rage. But Revelation 12 is here for us to assure us That while the devil is real, while he is furious, while he stirs up trouble for us, we need not fear. God provides protection. God provides refuge in the wilderness that we walk through. Jesus gives us the great example of this. Jesus knew what it was to be in the wilderness. He went into an actual wilderness, a desert, without food and without water for 40 days. And there he was tempted by Satan. He was accused. He was taunted. Satan tried to deceive him. But Jesus was sustained and nourished by the truth of God's word. In Matthew chapter 4 we read, As Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry and the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, 
it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We live in the wilderness. In the time between Jesus' ascension and Jesus' return, we live in this age which is the wilderness. God protects us, God provides for us, God nourishes us. And the great nourishment that he gives us is his word. Paul's armour against the devil in Ephesians 6, our our strategy for going into the ring toe-to-toe with the devil is to be assembled and held together by God's word. God's word is our armour. Are you held together by the armour of God's word? What gets you through the hard times? Does your, your Bible wear the marks and scars of the fight that you're in? Is your Bible as worn as you sometimes feel? What shapes our beliefs? What inspires you? The armour against the devil is assembled and held together by God's word. So that when we're in the ring with the devil, he's going to call out at us. He's going to taunt us. He's going to tempt us. He's going to accuse us. He's going to tell us that we are not worthy. He's going to play on our doubts and our fears. But knowing that he's on the canvas enables us to stick with Jesus. When the devil whispers in our ear, you are not worthy, you are condemned. The cross cries more loudly. Come. Come to me, you who are weary and burdened. There's lots of advice and techniques out there for people in combating the devil. Have a look around a Christian bookshop or an online religious shop and see all the strange books that exist about doing spiritual warfare with Satan. There's some things that are quite bizarre and disturbing. The devil is real. He is disturbing and fierce, but the strategy for combating him is not complex. But to know that he is defeated, know that we are nourished in the wilderness by the word of God. And we are to hear the cross say, come. I'm going to finish this morning by reading again those words from Ephesians. Because as we've heard the perspective on the fight with the devil, now the strategy makes more sense. And this is our application. Ephesians 6 verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God 
so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints.'"